Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babel Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Do you want to live a lifestyle of crash dieting where you're losing weight, putting back on weight? Or do you want to try a flexible and a balanced approach where you can still have a glass of wine, you can still have that serving of ice cream, but you also need to like keep yourself in check. And I have more success with women that are willing to have a flexible approach and an open mind versus the women that, you know, don't want that. Um, Because I remind them it's a lifestyle. Like we're not going to stop going to weddings or birthday parties or date night. Like all of these things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we should figure out how to navigate these situations while enjoying ourselves because then you're going to have, you know, results for the rest of your life. Hey, welcome back to the Pretty AF podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow. And that clip was from Allie Larrabee, owner of Stronger with Allie Coaching, who I interviewed in this episode. I'm so freaking excited for this one because this interview changed my life. I met Allie through doing this interview and in it, she explains how to reverse diet. It's a way to actually maintain your weight after you worked so hard to lose it. She explains how you can have wine and pizza and still lose weight. I've been a yo-yo dieter since I was like 11 years old and honestly thought that that's just how it had to be. The things she says in this interview blew my mind and I knew I had to work with her. She's been my coach for the last five months, and I'm happy to say I no longer have a fear of gaining my weight back. I know it's gone for good this time. Take a notebook out for this because it's full of nuggets and not just on health and fitness, but also on finding the right mentor for you and facing your fears in business and relationships. Let's dive in. Yeah, for sure. So Um, My name is Allie. I kind of decided that there was a problem within the coaching industry that a lot of coaches didn't necessarily have the best interest, you know, in their clients. And I wanted to just be one of the coaches that have joined this movement to really care about their clients. And I was kind of coaching for a while, not really doing this as a job, just as a hobby. And then one day I kind of had this realization that I was like, I want this to be a a movement and I want to really help women kind of get out of their own ways and be able to have their dream bodies and not be screwed over by, you know, bad coaches anymore. So then I kind of came up, you know, with Stronger with Allie because I feel like the coaching relationship is very, you know, it is back and forth and it is, you know, me along your journey with you. So that's how I came up with the name and, you know, the whole reason behind it was just to help women and just to, you know, be one of the good coaches out there. Cause like I mentioned, there are some bad ones, but there are also some really great ones. And so I wanted to kind of be a part of that. Awesome. So one of the reasons I wanted you on the show is because of how you talk about how you give back. Um, and pretty AF is a lot about philanthropy as well. So can you talk a little bit about that and what you do to give back and why you do it? Yeah, for sure. So 
I would say that I give back through, you know, social media, you know, first off, like a lot of people that come to my page, you know, they'll see posts and they'll just randomly message me. And I don't have that sales mindset. Like I'm not trying to talk to everybody to make sales. Rather, I want to get to know you so that I can help you. And, you know, if you're coming to me and you're saying, Allie, I, I just don't understand. I saw your post on how you can eat pizza and you can lose weight. I don't understand. I want to sit there and, you know, take the time with you and explain why and how you can actually do these things. And what ends up happening, you know, a five minute DM conversation can turn into real friendships. And um, I bring these women, you know, into my community and I'm not necessarily working with them. I just want to continue to provide them with useful information mm -hmm. that they can actually, you know, put into their lives. And, you know, like I kind of referring to, there's a lot of information out there on the internet that can be confusing and you just don't know where to turn. So I like to put out helpful and useful information for, you know, women to really look at and understand and be like, okay, I can actually implement this into my life. And I also want to be that person on social media that you can approach and that we can have a conversation and DM back and forth and ultimately form that friendship because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm huge on connections. And I feel like that's how you help people the most is by making those real connections. Yeah. I love that you say that because I feel like a lot of people, they instantly just want to try to make a sale. And it's like, you can tell like, even from like their Instagram bio, like it's like, buy my program. And right. it's like, is this person really trying to help me or like, are they just trying to make a quick buck? <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's, you know, kind of, it gives coaches like a bad rep because people mm -hmm. are like, oh my God, coaches are always trying to sell you. And like, yes, sales is a part of, you know, the job, but if you're a good person and you're in this to help people, you know, no matter what field you're coaching in, people are going to see through it and they're going to be like, oh, you know, this girl's a genuine person. Like she's here to help. And I think that's what makes, you know, a good coach, a good coach is that you, you really care and it's not about the money. Yeah. Um, so one question on that, um, how do you kind of draw that line between being helpful and versus someone that's like always in your inbox? Like, where do you draw that line to where you don't feel like you're, I guess, being taken advantage of or giving away too much that your clients are then like, well, what am I paying for? Right. For sure. So, you know, this is something I have experienced because like I said, I do, I feel like I give, try to give back as much as I can because that's just the type of person I am. And I've put myself in situations where I'm like, wow, I'm spending a lot of time answering this person's, you know, questions and even maybe breaking down, you know, for example, what macros are. And I have to take a step back and I'm like, okay, this is what you know, my clients hire me for this is they hire me for my time. And now I'm doing this and just kind of giving this free information away. And so mm -hmm. that is why I created like my Facebook community group so that mm -hmm. if people have more of these specific questions, I can refer them to the group. And then they can watch a generalized training, you know, if it was a question about macro counting, they can go and watch a generalized training to figure out how to find your own macros, giving them equations and all that sort of stuff. So I still want to help those people, but you know, like you said, where do you draw the line? Cause mm -hmm. your clients are paying for a service and these people are just, you know, trying to get a little information. So it kind of, it took me a little bit to realize, Oh, I, I can't, or I shouldn't be doing this. So that's mm -hmm. why I created the group. Awesome. And what group is that? 
Um, it's stronger with Alley um, community if you search it on Facebook. And I do, you know, just a lot of, you know, free teachings in there and give you guys really useful starting information because Instagram and Facebook groups, they can be, you know, oversaturated as, you know, I'm sure all of us feel like oh, God, there's so many. And so yeah. I try and keep it simple information, but you know, it's things that you can actually implement and start seeing, you know, some sort of results. So you touched on a little bit, but you mentioned to me before about how important mentorship is to you. And that's part of one of the ways that you give back is by mentoring your clients. What do you think makes a good mentor? And how do you think people can find that person? And then do you, do you have your own mentors as well? Yeah. So I I will start out and say, I did not think a mentor was important for like so long. So I was like, oh, it's just like, what even is a mentor? Like, I don't really need help. I don't need to turn to somebody. I have this very independent mindset. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was going back and forth with my clients and I was like, dude, you are their mentor. Like, what do you mean you don't need one? And so I was looking for a mentor in the business realm because I feel like that would be the most beneficial to me. So when I kind of started looking, you know, for a mentor, I was like, okay, I need someone that is going to, you know, be a leader and not really like a boss. I don't want somebody that, you know, hasn't struggled before. I want them to be like, Hey, you know, that problem that you're struggling with, I've 100% been there and this is kind of how I got out of it. So let's, you know, kind of figure out how you can get out of it. Um, because I find that's what I do with my own clients. They'll be like, I, you know, I overate last night and I'm really stressed about it. And I'm like, let me, let me talk you down. Like (laughs) I've been there. And so I think that having, you know, that whole aspect of you want somebody who is where you are, or they've been where you are because you Mm -hmm. see how successful they are. And then you're like, I could one day, you know, be like them. Uh, and I actually, I have two business mentors currently. And, you know, I think that, paying and investing in a mentorship program is huge, no matter what realm it may be, you know, business, fitness, like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it can really be huge for you because you might not be aware of some of the mistakes that you're making. um, And you're like, why is my business not growing? Or why am I not, you know, seeing any progress in your physique, something like that. It's just because you're Mm -hmm. unaware Um, and a mentor can help kind of bring you to that awareness state. And you're like, okay, wow. Like I was doing basically everything right. But that little 10% that I was leaving on the table was huge. Awesome. I definitely agree with you. I think mentors are, they can kind of help you avoid the mistakes that they made. So you can get to where you want to be faster. Yeah. Shortcut to doing that. Yeah, definitely. So you talk a lot about facing fears in different areas of life. And every guest I ask their best pretty AF tips. Mm -hmm. So for you, I wanted to focus on how we can face our fears in each of these areas. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you want to start with relationships and how we can kind of face our fears with that. So when, yeah, when I was thinking about this one, I thought this was a really great question because facing your fears in anything is really scary, let alone a relationship. And so, mm-hmm. um, I thought back to a time, my boyfriend who I'm with now, we had broken up and I felt destroyed. I was like, I, I will never be happy again. This is the worst experience of my life. And I was like 20 years old. So <laughs> what do I know? And 
in that moment, you know, three weeks had gone by, I had this realization. I was like, what are you doing? You are so much better than this feeling. And I had to face that fear of being alone. I was like, I don't want to go out with my friends. I don't want to be on my own because it's scary. But that was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I realized how much of an independent I am. And I know kind of what I expect in a relationship because I faced that fear of being alone and embracing mm -hmm. it and say, looking back now, if my boyfriend and I had never broken up, we would have probably never lasted in the end. Because when we came back together, I was a new person because I faced that fear. I was like, I expect these sort of things. And if you're okay with settling and not facing that fear, you know, you're never going to realize how happy you can be or, you know, how independent you can be or whatever it may be, but you have to face that fear and just kind of jump into like the unknown. Mm -hmm. And it's hard and it's really scary, but just kind of, you know, I reminded myself like, it's okay to be alone. You know, you might not have a significant other, but you have friends, you have family, like you have people that love you and they care about you. So you're not alone. And mm -hmm. it just takes time. It's easier said than done. But the more you can practice that getting over the fear and facing it, it becomes much easier um, over time. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think a lot of people struggle with the fear of being alone because you don't want to die alone. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's really, it's kind of crazy because I'll be reading, you know, these relationship posts on Instagram and people are like, you're so afraid to be alone that you don't care if you're unhappy because at least mm -hmm. you have somebody, but like ladies, we have to remember like your happiness is so, so, so important. And if you're just settling because that's better than the alternative of being alone like mm -hmm. wake up because like you need to take that like that jump and you know be okay with being scared and you know maybe being alone but it, it is going to be better because you'll be happy in the end yeah I think a lot of it is not knowing what's going to happen too totally and that's kind of a lot of fears I think like if you don't because if you're in a relationship, you know what that's like, even if you're not completely happy. But if you are then alone, you don't know, like, am I going to meet someone? Like, am I yeah. going to be alone forever? Yeah, <laughs> it's so it's so right. And like, it, it's kind of it's crazy, because a lot of women who are in these sort of situations, they're usually, you know, they're young. And it's like, you found one guy, like, that doesn't mean that it's, it's the only guy. And, you know, we laugh when we say that, but like, when you're in that position, you're like, oh man, like, I, I, I don't know if there's anybody out there for me. And I mm -hmm. think you're so right. It's that fear of the unknown that we're just like, okay, let's not, let's not rock the boat. Cause at least, you know, we know what to expect right now. Right. Definitely. I want to jump in into your tip for facing fears in fitness. Yeah. So that, that was a really good one too. Um, because, you know, a lot of the time when I will have, you know, people message me or clients say, I know you can't understand this because it's, you know, you probably never felt this way. And I'll be like, Whoa, you guys, like I was once a beginner too. Like I didn't just, you know, I wasn't born this way. Like I, I had to learn this. And I think people kind of forget sometimes that just because you look like you're in a position of, you know, success, we'll just say that mm -hmm. they forget that you had that struggle. And so when I was thinking about this question, I was used to be terrified of, you know, going into the gym and weightlifting. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to get bulky. I'm going to look like a man. And I also didn't know what to do. So I was like, 
all right, I'm going to look stupid and then I'm going to look like a man. So mm-hmm. why do I even do this? Um, and so I, one day, I think I was like a sophomore in college. I was like trying on a pair of shorts and they were super snug. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of just like wearing clothes that I feel, you know, covered up in. And like, so I feel comfortable, but honestly I was living in like sweatpants and like jeans that were too big for me because I just didn't know how to change my body. And so I started reading a lot of books. Um, I would go on Instagram and look at workouts. And I finally said to myself one day, okay, you either are going to continue to be unhappy. You're going to be wearing the same sweatpants. You're not going to feel confident or you can make a fool of yourself and just go to the gym and try. And so I would wake up at like 5 a.m. and go to the gym at 5.30 because I knew not a lot of people would be there. And I was on a college campus, so I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. But like, I would go at 5.30, so like no one would see me. And to be honest, it was it was what I needed to get, my, get in my groove and get comfortable. And I can understand when a lot of women are saying, I just don't feel comfortable, you know, being around the guys that are lifting because they're judging me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had someone tell me this piece of information when I started, it probably would have helped. Like, nobody at the gym is really looking at other people. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to get into the gym because you're like self-conscious and it's new, but you know, everybody was a newbie once and no one's going to judge you and laugh at you because Mm -hmm. the most of the people that are, you know, at the gym working out, they're trying to better themselves and they're just trying to kind of, I would say like leveling up. So they might not be you know, looking at you and judging you, you know, if they approach you, they might be approaching you to help. Um, But I think it's just, you know, something that you have to practice with anything like relationships, like fitness, like you have to just rip the bandaid off and go that one time and you can say, Mm -hmm. all right, like I went to the gym Monday, like I did it. I did it once and I've never done it before. And then you go Tuesday and then you go Wednesday and then maybe the next week you try again. And it really is about getting those reps in for things that are scary because over time, two, three months down the road, looking back, you might think, oh, wow, it's, it's already been three months and I've been you know, going to the gym and I may not be where I want to be, but at least I tried and I got over that fear. And it, it is something you have to work through for sure. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that because I had always wanted to do different workout classes like Pilates yeah. and things like that. And I was always like, well, whenever I like walk by the studio, all the girls that go in there are so tiny and like, they're so fit. So like going into that class, I knew in my head, like I was the biggest girl there. And I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to judge me. But then once I finally did it, like everyone was so nice and like, they weren't like, oh my God, you can't do everything. Like no one says that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I think we just get so scared of getting out of that comfort zone because, yeah. you know, like with the relationships, we don't know what is going to happen. Like once you got to that class, you, you could have been thinking, oh God, these girls are going to be mean and I'm just, I'm uncomfortable about this, but the exact opposite happened. And that's what you're likely going to face in a lot of scenarios. Like nobody that's like a a grown adult is going to make fun of like somebody that's new to a class or things like that. And I think that's a good reminder for, you know, even, you know, myself, you sometimes like we get in our own heads and we just have to remind ourselves like we are like, we can do this because it's uncomfortable and it's scary, but like, 
it's better than the alternative of staying unhappy. Like that's that's Mm -hmm. what I always refer back to because, you know, if you're wanting to get more into fitness or things like that, it's probably because you're unhappy in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I think I heard this from someone else, but a lot of times when you're scared to do something, if you really think about it, you're already in the worst scenario. Yeah. You're already unhappy. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, seriously. And I think that, you know, I forget, I forget what the situation was, but it happened to me a couple of years ago. I was like so afraid to do this. It was kind of similar to this new type of class and can't remember what type of class it was, but I was so anxious and I was just like, physically uncomfortable. I was like, I don't want to go. I'm going by myself. And when I got there, it was, oh, it's a spin class. I literally had the best time of my life. (laughs) And like, if I look back at that girl now, I'm like, why would you let yourself be so scared of doing something that was so fun? Like, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we just let fear like take over. And that's something, you know, we have to, you know, practice and kind of flex that muscle of facing your fear because Mm -hmm. the more you do it, the more and more comfortable you get. Yeah, definitely. So what is your tips for facing fear in business? This is a really good question because just recently I like took the biggest, like scariest move. Mm -hmm. Um, So I invested in business mentors and it was no small feat. Uh, I had just graduated from college in May. So I was really not looking in a position to invest this much money, but I did it and it was scary. And I was literally like sweating. I was like, Oh my God, did I just really commit to this, you know, big investment in my business? Mm -hmm. And I woke up the next day and I was like, wow, that was, that was really scary. Like basically emptied my bank account and it's now, you know, three months later and I'm in the best position that I've ever been in my business. And so mm-hmm. that fear of, oh God, how do I invest? Like, what is the next move? Should I do this? Is it right for me? Mm-hmm. Think about, you know, your business like this. Is it something that you really love and does it help people? And if you answer those two questions with yes, then I think that you have no other way around it. You have to do the things that are scary. You know, like we've been saying with relationship and fitness, like business, I think is a little bit of a different entity because business, we're thinking of our income and our future. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's the most important to face your fears in business. So the best way to do that for me was to hire that mentor because especially when you're starting out, you don't know what to do. Like, do you do Facebook paid ads? Do you need to hire a designer? Like there's just crazy things that you're like, oh God, I can't even, you know, write a caption. And now I'm thinking about like all these upper level things in my head and (laughs) you get stressed out and you're just like, oh God, like, is this even right for me? And you start questioning, you know, why you started and the purpose. Um, And that's kind of where I was. I was like, is online coaching even going to be something that is sustainable for me? Like, am I going to be able to like pay rent? Like it was, it's kind of those questions that made me reflect. And I was like, this is what you want to do. You just have to figure out how to do it in the best way possible to help as many people as you can. And so hiring that business coach was kind of the way that I faced my fears because I now was allowing somebody into my circle to help me and kind of, I took a little bit of the pressure off myself. I mean, I knew I still had all of this work to do, Mm -hmm. but I was able to look to that mentor and be like, Hey, like I'm really stressed out right now. I'm really scared, but I'm willing to do the work. And I think kind of brings back to that question you asked earlier, like, 
what makes a good mentor. It's somebody that's going to, you know, push you and hold you accountable, but they don't hold your hand through the process, right? Like they don't baby you, but they're there when you have those really tough questions and those really big moments of fear to be like, dude, look at why you started, you know, look how far you've come. And it's because you faced that fear of just starting the business. Mm-hmm. How did you find your mentor? Um, good question. So <laughs> I currently work with, I don't know if any of your listeners are going to know, but Erin um, Diamond and Jordan Duggar. So I had followed them just because they were, you know, big in the fitness community and I just liked their content. Um, And then one day they were doing, you know, a story series and their coaching is called IFCA. And so I was like, what is that? Like I read it on the screen and I was like, what is this? Like, I'm kind of interested. And they were just talking about, you know, how their mentorship program works. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting and didn't really give it much thought after that. And then one day I decided to message um, Erin and I was like, Hey, I have a quick question for you. Like blah, blah, blah. She immediately responded with like three voice memos. She was giving me so much information. And I was like, who is this girl? Like, let me, let me retake a look at who I'm talking to right now. And I was like, wow, she just gave me, you know, five, 10 minutes of her time. And this is actual like valuable information that I can start implementing into my business. That's going to make a difference. And so I did just that. I listened to what she had said, her suggestions. And later that day, I signed three clients just based off of doing a Facebook live and getting in front of, you know, people's eyes. It was like literally the craziest thing. And I think the stars were like kind of aligning. Yeah. I then messaged her and I was like, Hey, so whatever you just told me to do, it just worked. So like, how can I work with you and have you as my mentor? And basically the next day, um, I had signed up for their mentorship program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's, you know, when finding a mentor that's going to fit for you, because you can't have, I can't recommend my mentors to, you know, maybe my friends because it might not work. You have to feel Mm -hmm. that connection. And, you know, I would say just look for somebody that is qualified, you know, somebody that's sharing their story and sharing the struggles, because if they have struggled and they're now successful, you know, that they can kind of help lead you from your struggles to your own success. Um, and you know, I think it's always really important to ask, like, do you have, you know, client testimonials? Like if it's a paid mentorship program, ask for the client testimonials. If they have good client testimonials, they're going to be broadcasting them, you know, all over the place because that's how, you know, they're trying to gain more clients and, you know, help more people. So I would say, you know, be selective with who you choose to kind of help guide you because you can pick any mentor, but that doesn't mean that they're going to help you be successful. And I was pretty picky for a while. Like I was kind of in the market for a mentor and I was, you know, passively looking. And as soon as that message came from Erin, I just felt like, wow, like literally the stars have aligned. Like this is for me. I just saw the message about how they're opening up their coaching and now Mm -hmm. she's helped me. And it just felt like a really, like the right timing. Um, and you know, sometimes it doesn't have to feel like the right timing to start, but in my situation, it just, everything kind of felt like, wow, this is aligned and I think I'm just going to go for it. And it was honestly the the best decision I ever made. And I don't know what I was doing without a mentor before. (laughs) So I think something that you mentioned is that she's in the same industry that you are. So I think that's super important that you find a mentor that's doing what you want to do. 
for sure. Yeah, you're, you're right. Because like, let's just say I was, I don't know, trying like it just in a different industry, it mm-hmm. might not work because maybe she hasn't experienced the same struggles as I, right. as I would be experiencing. So I think that that's, you know, an important point to add that if you're looking for a mentor, like have somebody that would have experienced what you're experiencing. Like if they're in fitness or marketing or whatever they're in, um, cause mm-hmm. I think you're totally right. That makes a huge difference. Definitely. So, um, another thing that, cause I creeped on your Instagram, some. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed that you talk about needing to fail to level yeah. up. And I definitely agree with that. I've experienced that myself. But I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, why you think that's important and how we can embrace failure. Psst. I'm about to tell you my biggest biz secret. The majority of the moolah I make in my biz is from my online courses. Imagine if you created a course in your expertise and you could help people without having to continue trading time for money. There's a platform that will give you everything you need to make that dream a reality. It's what I use to host all my courses on asleymasler.com. It's Kajabi. It's an all-in-one platform that you can host your website, courses, and email marketing. You can do all your sales through Kajabi, so no need to Frankenstein a website together anymore. You'll no longer have to pay someone every time you want to change something on your website. Kajabi's a game changer. With Kajabi, you can easily log in and drag and drop your changes to create a beautiful website and platform for your biz and online courses. Click the Kajabi link in the show notes and you'll get two weeks free. Now back to the show. Yeah, for sure. So when I was writing that post, I felt super fired up because I have definitely failed many more times than I have succeeded. And people hear that and they're like, why is this loser like talking about how she failed? (laughs) And it really, you know, when you fail, you learn so, so, so much. So like, let's just say you had a college course, for example, and you failed it because you really didn't put in the effort at least you learned from that. You're like, okay, I didn't put the effort. So now when I don't put the effort in, I'm probably not going to get the outcome that I want. And Mm -hmm. so even though you failed, you still learned something, you know, the same goes with fitness, business, you know, relationships. I look at failure as an opportunity for growth and way easier said than done because when usually you're failing, you're like down on yourself and you're like, this sucks. And Mm -hmm. it takes, a while to kind of switch that mindset from failure is bad to I'm learning something from failure. Um, But I think that think about a situation where you failed, like, and think about what you learned from it. Or if you've never done that in your life, or you've never had like a real failure. um, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when that opportunity comes for you to kind of have a failure, and then look at that, um, you will learn so much, especially, you know, as you're growing a business, you have to look at all of your failures as like, okay, this is data collection and what can I learn from it? Um, And I think, I don't know where I, I might've been, Angie Lee said this, but like something about, you know, if you never, you know, try like her first event she had, I think like, I don't know, she said like 15 or 30 people, something like that. And she's like, if I never did that, if I never like kind of failed my first event, I would never be where I am today. And I was like, damn girl, that is so true because Mm-hmm. If you don't put yourself out there and you don't try, you will never have the opportunity to fail. And then you'll never have the opportunity to grow and learn from that failure. Yeah. I think if you don't have failures or you don't have very many of them, then you're not doing things that are scary enough. 
Yeah. And that goes back to the fear. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you don't try, you know, that fitness, for example, if you don't try to go to the gym and you don't fail, then you didn't do what was scary. If you don't Mm -hmm. leave that, you know, dumb boyfriend because (laughs) you're trying to stay in a relationship, you know, you're never going to realize how much you're worth. Because I think in a lot of our failures, we can learn so much. And then we just like level up to this like whole new person Mm-hmm. Um, that we would have never discovered if we kind of didn't fail. Mm-hmm. I think part of that too is that a lot of times people are just starting something and they look at someone that's been doing it for 10 years and they're like, well, I'm not at their level. So like, I'm just not even going to try this. Like, there's no point. Yeah, I, that is so important. And I think a lot of people will resonate with that because, you know, especially Instagram makes it really hard to see people's struggles. Like people mm. want to post the good stuff and you see people with big accounts or they have really thriving businesses and you're just starting and you might be like, oh my God, am I ever going to get there? But mm. what we kind of tend to forget is that person struggled too. Like they didn't just get to step, like get to skip step one and like mm. step one usually is failing some capacity. Um, So I think that's kind of a really great point that you added. And I think because I work with clients on social media and I've had people come to me that have like 30 to 50,000 followers and I'm like, oh, your business must, must be really successful. And they're like, no, none of my followers buy any of my stuff. And I'm like, well, so you can't just look at someone's page and see that they have all these followers and assume, assume that they're successful because that might not necessarily be the case either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really great point to add um, and to like bring to people's attention because I, I know one of my um, dear friends, she has like a page, she has like 2000 followers, yet she makes like $15,000 a month doing mm-hmm. her coaching and like people might look at her and be like oh like we're kind of on the same playing field like her instagram's kind of looking like mine so it's it's a good kind of reminder that followers does not equal dollars in the bank and right kind of it, it just we have to like i think remember like if you are trying to build a business on social media just keep pr- putting out content that is going to help people and you know provide mm-hmm. value because they're going to keep seeing your value and then they're going to implement it and they're going to get results. And then they're going to be like, Oh wait, where did I learn that from? Oh yeah. Let me go back to her. And you know, if they are ever going to be ready for coaching, they're going to come to you because you're not concerned with the dollar signs, but you're concerned with helping people. Mm -hmm. And I think you kind of show that with talking about how your coach took the time to send you a voice message and you kind of do the same thing. I think a lot of people are afraid to give away too much for free. And, but then you're never building that trust with people if you don't do that. So I think that's yeah. like super important to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I totally agree. I think that, you know, a, a lot of people, like you said, are afraid to give away their best stuff. But my mentors taught me give away your best stuff because they'll only get so far without coaching because a lot of people, they'll try something and it works and then they kind of need that accountability factor and that's why maybe they Mm -hmm. fail but if you're giving away your best stuff people are going to trust you and then you're going to be their go-to guy or gal that who they turn to and and that's so important and you know it's way more important than you know just trying to get people to apply for your coaching and whatever you're doing because you're too afraid to give away that free information Mm -hmm. I don't remember who it was but I went to an event last year and one of the speakers said you guys are probably wondering why I'm telling you like 
my entire formula and like everything I do exactly how I do it. And he said, it's because only 2% of you will do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, think, I think that's kind of where the value in having a coach is. It's that accountability, like you talked about. Yeah, for sure. You can tell them everything, but if they don't have that, like they're not going to do it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. They could have like, you know, they could be taking amazing notes. Like let's say you did a training Instagram live every day, or you put posts out every day. That was massive value. You know, if they're not sitting back behind the phone, like taking notes, implementing, you know, skills that you're suggesting they're not going to see those results. So I really like that you brought that up the whole 2% thing because it's so true. And (laughs) I've totally, before I hired my mentor, I was freaking guilty of doing that. Like I would join these free Facebook groups, learning how to grow your business, like doing all of these things. And it just, my heart was not totally invested because Mm -hmm. to be honest, there was no dollar sign attached to it. Like I didn't pay for it. So I was just like, eh, whatever. And it wasn't until, you know, I paid my mentors and you know I had some skin in the game where I was like I'm Mm -hmm. taking this seriously I'm gonna do everything you said and I think my coaching has only gotten stronger from there because I now expect the exact same thing from my ladies Mm -hmm. I think that kind of helps too with the because I know in the past I've had a fear of like should I really be charging for this should I be charging this much but in reality you're doing people a favor by charging that much because that's the only way they're going to actually do it is that they have skin in the game. For sure. I think that, you know, thinking back to when I first started, I was charging like uh, $50 for like two months. Like, (laughs) okay. Like who thought that was a good idea? Like, uh, no wonder why you, you couldn't, you know, afford anything. And that was because I was so scared of having something be expensive because I was like, people aren't going to want to buy it. People aren't going to trust me. And I was like in my own head for so long. And finally I had hired like a fitness coach myself just because I was like tired of like programming my own stuff. I was like, I just let somebody else handle it and I'll be compliant because this is what I love to do. And I heard what she was charging and I was like, oh, like that's not really like it was, it was an investment, but I was not phased by it because it's what I wanted. And Mm -hmm. so it made me reflect back to my own, you know, my own coaching rates. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so undercharging. Like what the heck? And, (laughs) you know, now I think what you just said, we do a disservice when we Mm -hmm. have those cheap rates because somebody's going to come along and they're going to be like 50 bucks for two months, like whatever. And like, they might do a couple of the workouts, but it's not enough skin in the game. So yeah, I think that that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to jump back into fitness and diet. You talk a lot about how you still have ice cream and wine Mm -hmm. and you keep your small waist. Um, so I want to see if you had some tips on how we can find that same balance. For sure. So balance, you know, that is everything. I have done every crash diet you can imagine. <laughs> like if you're thinking of a diet right now, I've done it. I promise you. Um, <laughs> And that was because I just didn't know what to do. I was like a senior in high school, freshman in college. I just did not know what to do. And I was like, there has to be a better way. Um, So I ended up going to school for nutritional science. And I, you know, started learning more about, you know, macronutrient breakdowns and all of that sort of stuff. And even before I got into, you know, really serious with my nutrition and fitness, 
I just started looking at nutrition labels. I was following mm-hmm. serving sizes and I just got more aware of what I was eating. And that opened my eyes because every single night, freshman year, before I would go to bed, I would make two peanut butter sandwiches. And I thought I was having one serving of peanut butter. And one day I went to the store, I bought a food scale. I was like, I need to see how much peanut butter I'm having because I, I'm not seeing any results. I was trying to, you know, practice that moderation. Mm-hmm. I was eating four servings and that was about a thousand calories. Oh, wow. <laughs> so versus the, the serving size was 190 calories. So here I am thinking I'm having 190 calories. And I was having basically a thousand calories in one sandwich. So Mm -hmm. it makes sense why I was not seeing results. So from that point on, I just got very um, into reading my food labels, looking at the serving sizes, and I was not restricting myself from these foods. If I wanted pizza, I was going to have a slice or two, but I was going to accompany that with, you know, some protein, like some chicken or make like a big salad because let's face it, two slices of pizza is not going to fill us up. Like we want more. (laughs) So everything that I teach is really, you have to have it in moderation, moderation and flex that discipline muscle. Like if you want ice cream, you can certainly have a serving of ice cream and fit it into your daily allotment of calories, but just don't be eating from the pint because it's really easy to eat more than one serving of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of women will come to me and they're like, okay, so how do you do this? And I'll kind of explain the process. And, you know, this is where you have to be an adult and kind of own your own, own it. Like they'll be like, okay, I just can't have one serving of ice cream. And I'm like, Well, you can because you are an adult and you know how to practice discipline, but it's making that choice. Like, do you want to live a lifestyle of crash dieting where you're losing weight, putting back on weight, or do you want to try a flexible and a balanced approach where you can still have a glass of wine, you can still have that serving of ice cream, but you also need to like keep yourself in check. And I have more success with women that are willing to have a flexible approach and an open mind versus the women that, you know, don't want that. Um, Because I remind them, it's a lifestyle. Like, we're not going to stop going to weddings or birthday parties or date night. Like, all of these things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. So we should figure out how to navigate these situations while enjoying ourselves because then you're going to have, you know, results for the rest of your life. Right. That's always been a huge thing with me because I was a yo-yo dieter over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, been there. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just now like, I still want to lose weight, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to go on another crash diet. (laughs) Right. And, you know, the thing is with like those crash diets is, they work because we're, we're asking our body, you know, to, we're having less calories. So our body is going to have to burn that fat for energy. But the thing is, once we stop that crash diet and we start eating how we were normally eating, your body sees that. And it's like, Oh, thank goodness. Give me all these calories. And then it just stores it as fat. And Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people will, you know, they don't understand. And they'll come to me and they're like, okay, like I usually do this pretty strict diet, you know, two every two weeks and I lose the weight, but I just don't understand why I can't keep it off. And I think it's, you know, because a lot of the media, we're always hearing about, you know, these quick fixes and in life, bringing it back to that fear, it's scary to invest in a long-term plan because you're not going to see results right away. But with, you know, a quick fix, it's like, oh, I'll see results very quickly and I'll be super happy. Um, And that's not as scary, but a lot of my ladies, I remind them, I'm like, you chose the scary option because it's going to work for you in the rest of your life. Right. 
Um, that kind of leads me to my next question um, about there being conflicting health information all over yeah. the place and social media, magazines, the news. One week they say to do keto, the next week they say it's bad for you. So how do you kind of navigate that and what's true versus what is just popular right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's crazy. Like if you go into the grocery store and you're, you know, standing in the checkout line, you're seeing all of these headlines, like lose 14 pounds in two days. And you're like, wow, like what is that? Um, so my biggest piece of advice, if it sounds like it's good, too good to be true, then it is like, there is no healthy, sustainable diet where you're going to lose 14 pounds in two days. So always keep that in mind. Like if it sounds too good to be true, it is, that's the most important rule. Second, I would say, look at where, you know, this information is coming from. Like, is it coming from some fitness influencer that has like a link for all of like her discount codes in mm. her bio? maybe I wouldn't trust it so much. Like, or maybe like take a second look at, you know, what she's saying and maybe Google it. I think that, you know, for women in general, it's important to kind of be consuming, you know, content from reputable sources. So if you're trying to learn, you know, a lot of weight loss approaches, you know, follow some registered dietitians because they're mm -hmm. going to know what they're talking about. They're not going to put out information that's bad um, yeah. or that's, you know, conflicting. Like when people bring up the keto diet, more times than not, they're not even doing it properly. And I have to remind them, I'm like, okay, so why exactly do you want to do keto? And they're like, well, my friend did it and she lost like 10 pounds. So I want to do it. And I'm like, that's really great, but it's not super beneficial. Like there's a very small population that is actually going to, you know, it's going to be beneficial for. And it's because of these magazines, people are like, I want to do that diet. I want to do that diet. I want to do that diet. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think it's also kind of important to remember, like if dieting is constantly on your mind and you're constantly reading about dieting, that's a problem because to lose weight, yes, you have to diet, but you don't have to diet, you know, six times a year. Um, <laughs> but it's hard because that's what, you know, the media makes it seem like it all, like women always have to be dieting, but that's just not mm -hmm. true. Like you can diet for six months and then you can be in a different phase, but nobody talks about that. Like the magazines aren't saying learn how to reverse diet. Like most people would probably be like, what is that? Instead they have those flashy, like lose 12 pounds or, you know, the juice diet. And you're like, Oh, that might work for me. Um, yeah. In reality, it's all doing the same thing. It's putting your body, you know, in a severe caloric deficit, meaning you're mm -hmm. not eating in a lot of calories and you're burning more calories. But man, yeah, there is a lot of a <laughs> lot of conflicting diet advice out there. So, mm -hmm. you know, just go with the if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Look at your source. Like, is it coming from a magazine or is it coming from, you know, a registered dietitian? And, you know, mm -hmm. third, it, always take it to Google. Like if it sounds <laughs> kind of like too good to be true, maybe look it up on Google, see what people are saying or ask, you know, a reputable source that you trust. Like if you saw it on a magazine and you follow a registered dietitian, maybe ask them and be like, Hey, is this any beneficial at all? Because mm -hmm. that this is where you're going to get the best information. And it can be really enticing to try these new, new diets because they're exciting, but that's kind of like shiny object syndrome and you want to yeah. stay away from that. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it because I've heard that in business, like to focus and like not get distracted by like, oh, they're doing a podcast. So I'm going to do a podcast. Right. But I've never thought about that with 
your diet too. It's kind of the same way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, it didn't occur to me until my clients would ask me about these things. And I'm like, guys, stay in your lane, like put the blinders on. And I finally was like, stop having shiny object syndrome. And I was like, oh, that works. Not only in business. Okay. Um, you mentioned reverse dieting. Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> so yeah. So again, like nobody talks about it unless, you know, you're in the kind of fitness world, we'll call it. Cause like I could ask my sister, my mom, my friends, and they'll be like, I don't know what that is. And so that's kind of the problem. So when you diet, you're putting in less calories. So you're eating less calories, you're burning more calories. So when we diet, we like downward trend because we're reducing our calories. When you reverse diet, you're doing, you know, inversely the opposite. So you're slowly increasing those calories so that you can bring your metabolism basically back up to your maintenance calories without gaining that excess fat. And so maintenance calories is basically what you need to, you know, maintain the physique you have um, Mm -hmm. and for what you need for, you know, living essentially. And so the reason why these crash diets don't work is because we ask our body, you know, to be in this caloric deficit, we're on a downward trend. And then once the diet's over, we spike back up to our maintenance and Mm -hmm. our body's confused. Like it didn't, it didn't really understand. It's like, okay, now we have all these calories. What do we do with them? Let's store them as fat. And that's why people have to be yo-yo dieters because there's no plan in place after the diet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of that, but that's very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, like I said, people don't know enough about it. They're like, okay, so I diet and then I'm done. Like that's it. But that's, that's the problem. We need to get you from your dieting to back slowly up to where you were, and then you'll see those results and they'll be lasting. And you know, that's a big chunk of what, you know, the population is missing and that's why they think they have to chronically diet. So I'm really glad you asked for that for a little bit further. I think that will definitely help some people. Yeah. I'm going to Google all about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think I have a couple good posts on it. Um, Oh yeah. Um, If you send them to me, I'll put it in the show notes too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I try to explain things in a very simple way so that people like my mom and my sister, like if they can understand it, then Mm -hmm. everybody can understand it. So I always try to, you know, keep things very simple with still, you know, trying to keep the message and, you know, having people understand what it is. Yeah. Awesome. Um, You did mention one other thing that I wanted to point out. Yeah. Um, You said that you should be weary of when influencers are talking about a specific diet or program or something, and then you notice all their affiliate links. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important point because a lot of times there's someone that is in the fitness industry and then they get a deal with a company. So they start repping that company, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's how they got their results. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And that doesn't even mean that they use the products. Right. Um, You know, there's very, I'm not, you know, a huge supplement or promotional person, but like if I ever try something, I'm very truthful about it. Like I, I think it's so damaging to have these big, big accounts, you know, taking a picture with their product and they're like, Ooh, like this pre-workout. And then people see their body, they see the pre-workout and they're like, oh, that's how they got their results. And then that just is, it's so damaging because I'll get messages of people saying, oh, should I be taking a pre-workout? And I always ask, why do you want to take it? And, 
you know, if their response is, oh, I don't know, I just feel like I might need a little bit more energy because that's what a pre-workout is going to do, then I'll say, yeah, just, you know, be careful with what product you're choosing because I don't really take anything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes I'll have people say, well, I saw a picture of this influencer and, you know, I really want to look like her. And I'm like, that that's not how she got her body. And it's so yeah. wrong to be putting, you know, that information out there. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. We get check, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like there's a lot of, you know, like I said in the beginning of this episode, there's a lot of coaches out there that don't necessarily care about you or influencers. They don't care. Mm -hmm. They just think about the money and yeah, you know, it is what it is, but it's, it's, you know, on coaches like myself. And it's also on people like you, like, don't just believe everything you see, always check your resources mm -hmm. and just know that if you want, you know, real results, it takes hard work. You know, we're not going to get like an, a rock and bod from like a fat burner. You know, we need to put in the work and it's just, it's always good to throw that reminder out there. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, this was a lot of good info and I just wanted to see if you had any last tips or advice or anything that you didn't get to say that you wanted to? Yeah. I mean, I think this was like a really, really great conversation kind of we going back and forth. And I liked how, you know, we really focused on that fear and, you mm. know, that failure. Those are like two big things that I'm always trying to like break through with my clients that, you know, one, it's okay to be afraid of something and doing it anyways, because yeah if you wait till you're ready, you know, the time has already passed, you know, the opportunity yeah. is gone. So even if you're scared, just do it, go head first. And if you fail, you learn so much from that failure that like you learn how to not do something and you can do a complete 180 and be successful. Um, yeah. So I just think always, always remember the two F's in your life, fear and failure, and they're totally okay. I welcome them. <laughs> Me too. Definitely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, how can people get in contact with you, work with you, follow you? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Uh, my Instagram is at Stronger with Allie. Allie is A-L-I. Sometimes people confuse that. <laughs> um, and right now my coaching is almost full. Um, but if you're ever interested in, you know, figuring out how to work with me, go to my Instagram, um, feel free to DM me or send me an email, um, stronger with Allie, A L I at gmail.com. Um, I'm super good at responding. That's something that I like pride myself on. Awesome. Um, so last question and then we're done. Um, that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? So I, I had to think about this question because I wanted a really good answer, but it essentially to me means facing your fear and, you know, embracing that failure, you know, a central theme that we talked about, like it is really hard to be the girl that goes out there and faces her fears every single day. But if you do that, you are going to change your life so drastically, like you're not, you can't even fathom what your life would be like because fear is really scary and we have all of this unknown. But if you ask that guy out on a date or you ask for that promotion or you quit your job or you just dive in headfirst to fear of the unknown, you can open up so many things. And I think that's, you know, what pretty AF means to me because it's such a pretty thing about people when they are not afraid to just dive in headfirst, even when they're scared. Mm -hmm. And I think with that, if it's something that you're scared of that you really want to do, like doing what, what is going to make you happy, like I feel like that's what makes people really pretty, like yeah. when they're happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When you have like, 
this stupid smile on your face. Like you are <laughs> beaming, glowing, like that is amazing. And mm -hmm. sometimes you have to go through that fear and that uncomfortableness to get to that, you know, dumb beaming smile that everybody's like, oh my God, girl, you're glowing. Like, yeah, so, yeah I love that you said that. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And yeah, I will send you over those reverse dieting things in case anybody wants to learn a little bit more. I hope you got as much out of that episode as I did. Like I said, it changed my life. I listened back to this episode to edit it, and I honestly feel like, one, it was so cool to see our first conversation thinking about where we're at now, and two, it was a huge reminder that it's okay where I'm at right now. Everyone has to start at the beginning, and that goes for everything. Your biz, your relationships, and your fitness. You should be proud of yourself for whatever stage you're at, because you took the first step to getting where you want to be. Honor yourself for that and celebrate it. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you, Allie, for being on the Pretty AF podcast. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're Pretty AF.